Let's get in the Word together. We want to, uh, if you brought your Bible, open it to Matthew chapter number 12. If you're on live stream, we're so glad you're here and joining with us. We encourage you to jump right in, lay aside everything that's distracting and focus on the Word of God. It does more, it brings forth more fruit when we give it more attention. Amen. So we want to uh, welcome you and thank you for joining us. Let us know you're there. Like, subscribe, post, comment, tell us where you are, how the broadcast is blessing you. And uh <clears throat> And we'll be sure and keep on, uh, it'll encourage us, amen, it'll encourage us to keep on doing what we're doing. Everybody needs encouragement, right? Um, let's go to uh, Matthew chapter number 12, and uh, I don't know what I'm going to title this this morning. Maybe by the time we get to the end, we'll know what it's called. Uh, but Matthew chapter number 12, let's start in verse number, well, I think maybe 33, uh, Matthew 12, verse 33, the context of this is Jesus uh, had been casting out, well, let's go back to verse 22, I knew that was going to happen. Uh, verse 22, it says, they brought unto him, or Jesus, one possessed with a devil, blind, dumb, and he healed him insomuch that the blind and the dumb both spake and saw. And all the people were amazed and said, is this not, is not this the son of David? But when, that, that's a reference, uh, a term that references the, uh, the uh, Messiah. And so the Pharisees, verse 24, when the Pharisees heard it, they said, this fellow does not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said unto them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation in every city. Or how it's divided against itself should not stand. If Satan cast out Satan, he's divided against himself. How then can his kingdom stand? And he went on and he uh, basically uh, embarrassed them by their logic and their thinking. And uh, just showed how foolish it really was to think that this was the power of the devil that was operating through him. And so he, and I won't take time to get into all of it. It's a good read on how to deal with adversaries. But, uh, and so he goes and talks about that for a while. But verse 33, then he's, he's addressing their, their deduction or their conclusion that their, this power that's flowing through him was the power of Satan and it was destroying the power of Satan. You know, he already addressed that in one sense where he said a house divided can't stand. But then he goes in verse number 33, either make the tree good and his fruit good. Okay, the context is him casting out devils. So he's saying, make the tree good and his fruit good. Let's continue reading that. What did he say next? Then, or make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt for the tree is known by his fruit. So what he's saying is, he's saying, if, he's saying, take a tree. He said, a tree is known, you know, if it's got good fruit, it's a good tree. Or you could just deduct it this way. If it's producing apples, it's an apple tree. You know, uh, and so he's saying the, the tree, I'm the tree and the miracles and the, and people being set free and delivered like this man had the, the devil cast out of him. That's the fruit. And he's basically saying, that's good fruit. People being set free from demonic power is good fruit. How can it be being done by an evil power? And so that's the, that's the, the logic he's, he's uh, you know, bringing to their theology and their thinking, which is all messed up. And so he basically was saying, I'm the tree, I'm bringing forth good fruit, and you can't be, be a bad tree and bring forth good fruit. Then verse number 34, O generation of vipers. Well, that was sweet, wasn't it? How can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So they're speaking, they're railing on him and saying, you're doing this by the power of Satan. But he's saying, the reason you can't say anything good about me is because there's nothing good in you. And you're producing evil fruit. You're speaking evil words because that's what's in you, evil. You know, wickedness, ungodliness. You don't believe God. You don't, you don't receive what he's doing. You don't receive me doing the works of God. And he's basically saying the reason you spew out things like that is because it's inside of you. In other words, you're a tree too. And what you're saying is revealing that you are not a good tree. You are not planted by my father. And so he's addressing them and, and basically call them snakes. 
Yeah, so verse 35, a good man out of the good treasure of the heart brings forth, underline that, brings forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. You could define what he means by bringing forth two ways. Number one, the words we speak. He had just talked about the words they spoke. Number two, the miracles that Jesus was producing. He's saying, uh, you speak evil words and because you've got evil in your heart towards me. And they did. They crucified him. Right? But also, the context is him doing this miracle, setting this man free, casting this devil out. This man had been demon-possessed. And he's saying, a good man out of the good treasure of the heart brings forth good things. And so, he's talking about bringing things forth from the inside. Whether it's words or uh, the fruit that blesses other people's lives, sets people free. Amen. Hallelujah. I remember one time Brother Hagin told a story about a man. He was, uh, he was, uh, he, Brother Hagin had just gotten baptized with the Holy Ghost and, and began to speak with other tongues. And someone told him that that was of the devil. And, uh, and so this minister, I think he was a denominational minister, he's, he's, he's fussing with Brother Hagin about that he had gotten something from the devil. And, and the process of Brother Hagin uh, talking to him about it, he was giving him scriptures and things. But then the man said, well, I do have to admit that uh, you, you Pentecostal people live a better life than we do. Live a more holy life than we do. Brother Hagin said, isn't that amazing? I got something from the devil that helps me live holy. Wow. Wow. Yeah, come on. Amen. Brother Hagin's basically saying, look at the fruit of it. You know things by their fruit. Remember, Jesus said that even about ministers. You know things by their fruit. And so, uh, but I like this statement. uh, A good man, verse 35, good man out of the good treasure of the heart brings forth, everybody underline brings forth, good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. And basically, uh, he's telling us that we, as, 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 as people who are uh, spirit beings, really, we can bring forth into this life from our spirit man and produce things through the spirit man that we can't produce any other way. We can't produce intellectually. We can't do, produce by our wit and our grit and our, and our smarts. And, you know, because, you know, the devil will outsmart you. Amen. And and you've got, though, from the ability to bring forth or produce from within and bear fruit from within. Say bear fruit from within. And so he's talking about the spirit of man out of the good treasure. Go back up there. uh, Verse number 34, when he says, O generation vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things for out of the abundance of the heart? Circle the word heart. When, When he talks about from within... In verse 34 and 35, he's talking about from the heart, from the spirit of man. Everybody say, I am a spirit being, I have a soul, and I live in a body. That's what he's talking about. He's talking about bringing things forth from your spirit. And so there's a production center on the inside of you to produce things supernaturally, not intellectually, not with your own efforts of the flesh. There's a production center on the inside of every believer. That, that you can produce things that are absolutely impossible by any other method. Amen. For us, production is of the spirit, not of the intellect. Now go back to the book of Genesis. God commanded us to be fruitful in Genesis 1. You ever read this? Genesis 1, verse number, let's go to verse number 26. Um, and then we'll read verse 28. God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. That's you and I. We're made in God's image and likeness. You remember what he did? He said, let there be, and there was. We're created in his image and in his likeness. And then he said, let them have dominion. See, what I'm going to talk to you about this morning is walking in dominion. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. Uh, them as, uh, as man, man is male and female. And God blessed them, God blessed them and said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion. Over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, over every living thing that moves upon the earth. So, notice he gave them dominion. And then he said, use that dominion 
And then he gave them the blessing in verse number 28. And blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. So he's talking about bringing forth fruit. Now this, this doesn't just mean have babies. That's included. Don't misunderstand me. But it doesn't just mean have babies. It means be fruitful and multiply includes in every arena of life. Be fruitful and multiply. So God intended that we bear fruit, right? And so where did he intend for us to bear fruit from? There's a lot of times that our intellect is limited or our human efforts are limited, right? When I say fruit, I'm talking about results. I'm talking about, you know, the parable of the sower. We'll get there, I think, maybe later on. Maybe we'll get there soon. But Mark 4, the parable of the sower, where he talks about the sower sows the word. And then he talks about the different kinds of soil, right? And he talks about the diff- as a result of the different kinds of soil and how the soil was, or let's back up and say, how the seed was stewarded. What kind of soil that was that that seed was sown into. Whether that seed or that soil was stewarded properly or not, whether how good it was stewarded determined how much that seed brought forth. And so he talks about that and he talks about the different levels of producing. First, there was the wayside ground, didn't produce anything. Then there was the stony ground, it didn't produce anything. Well, or, or then it was, well, the stony ground had, it, it sprang up, but it never came to harvest because it dried out because it didn't have any depth of earth. There's too much, too many rocks, not enough soil. Yeah. Isn't that right? Then what was the other kind of ground? Thorny ground. Yeah. It got choked out. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and by, by, by the thorns and the weeds, you might say. And then there was the good ground, but even the good ground had different degrees of of production. That's what I want you to hear this morning, production. Production. God is very interested in you producing something. Amen. And you are the soil, you are his garden, and he's got his imperishable seed there laying on your lap. And what you, how you handle that seed, how you steward that seed determines what is produced in your life. It's not up to God. In fact, the last time in the parable of the sower, Mark 4, the parable of the sower says, the so, it starts out by saying the sower sows the word. And that's the last time that the seed is mentioned in the whole, ver- the whole passage. For them on, from then on, it's not about the seed, it's about the soil. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And what kind of soil we are determines what kind of production we get out of the word. And guess what? If you are one kind of soil, you can become a different kind of soil. Your soil can be amended. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever heard that term out there in the, in the farming world. They talk about amending the soil. They'll put in lime. They'll put in fertilizer. They'll put in all kinds of stuff. Amen. And so you can amend your soil. You can, you, you can have your soil to become more productive. So that's what he's talking about there in Matthew. He's talking Matthew 12. He's talking about producing from within, not from your intellect. Our production center, if you, in fact, our intellect is limited. You might be very, very smart. You might have an IQ way past all of us. But you're still limited and and able only to go so far with that. But there's a production center on the inside of you just just 18 inches deeper or or a couple feet deeper than your intellect that can produce when nothing else can produce. That imperishable, incorruptible seed of God's word can do things that nothing else can do. That you can't do, your, my intellect can't do, you've been trying to get it done. I know for a long time I tried to prosper on my own, I couldn't. That's why the Lord told me, you can't, it, your way's not working out, is it? I needed to go to, a, 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 I needed to, go to something that never fails. Yes. Amen. Amen. Are you out there this morning? So, we're going to talk about this this morning. And uh, Jesus, we see here in Matthew 12, was uh, producing miracles. That man was set free from that demon. That's, that's the miracle power, setting that man free. He's producing that. And we see him doing that all through his earthly life and ministry. He produced things that set people free. That's good fruit. You're looking for a church? Anybody that's looking for a church here this morning? You're looking for a good home church? Find somewhere where people's lives are being changed. People's lives. Number one, they're getting born again. Number two, their lives are being changed from glory to glory. Amen. 
Don't let your fingers do the walking. Let the Holy Ghost show you where a place is where people's lives are being changed. What's the point of going to church and nothing's changing? I, I just don't have any time for that. Ain't, ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> I got to watch that, car, that, that, that lady this afternoon. Just after I said that, I got to watch that lady. <laughs> remember, that, remember that lady? She was being interviewed. She was talking about all the stuff going on. She said, ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> so, no, I don't have time to go to church and nothing's happening. I need to find a place where something's happening. Praise God. So, okay, let's look at this real carefully here. Matthew 12. Let's go back there. I don't know where you are right now, but um, go there to verse 33 again. Either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by his fruit. O generation of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things out of the abundance of the heart? Out of the abundance of the heart, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of a good man out of the good treasure of the heart brings forth, brings forth, brings forth out of the heart. You can't bring forth out of the heart until you get something in your heart in abundance. Notice he didn't say out of the little bit that gets in your heart, you bring forth. No, he said out of the abundance. If you want to see abundance on the outside, get abundance on the inside. Bible said, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, abundantly. Praise God. I mean, get radical to where people say, man, my goodness, he's off the deep end. He's just listening to the word all the time. Remember Brother Hagin, they came to him and said, you know, because he got saved. Now he's in his Bible looking for his, you know, healing. Where, where can I get a hold of my healing? And uh, he wouldn't, he didn't have any, he had a few hours, well, a few, few minutes a day, I believe, where he was enough, uh, you know, he could move his arms enough because he's partially paralyzed to where he could read something. And so he spent that, the whole time reading his Bible. Yes, right. yep. and, uh, and the family thought he went off the deep end. You remember that? Yes, yep. And they sent the doctors in and said, you couldn't talk to him. We're afraid he's going to lose his mind. He's reading his Bible all the time doesn't read anything else. Uh, well. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Yeah. People are afraid you're going to lose your mind. You, that's the kind of mind you need to lose. Yeah. 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 So he, they, doctors came in and said, you know, do you ever read any? They, back then they called them the funny papers. Yeah. You ever read any? That's the cartoons, you know. You ever read any, uh, you know, novels or any, you know, books? Nope. Don't have time. He's laying there all day long. I say he's laying there all day long. He doesn't have time. <laughs> See, what he's saying is, I got to get a hold of this. I don't have time for anything else. Amen. You got time for what's important to you. So he got, so, but, but they thought he's going off the deep end. Brother Hagin said, they thought I was going to lose my mind and thank God I did. Yes, got, I lost my mind and got the mind of Christ. So when somebody says, man, he's gonna, you, you just lost your mind, you say, thank you. I've been trying to lose my mind for a long time. Some of you don't even know what I'm talking about. All right. So production. Tell your neighbor that means in verse 35, that means production. Verse, 34, verse 35, brings forth, brings forth. That's production. You're supposed to be producing something. The word is supposed to be doing something. It's supposed to be changing something, producing miracles. Hallelujah. You got a production center on the inside of you. So let's work, work with this a little bit. You, you still glad you came this morning? So uh, with that in mind, let's talk about it. He mentioned a tree here, you know. Uh, and, you know, trees, and, and particularly he's talking about fruit trees. He talks about... Uh, the tree is known by its fruit. You know, we think of fruit like apples and peaches and stuff, but any, you know, any oak tree produces acorns, that's fruit. So that's what he's talking about. Now, um, let's say, let's say uh, I've got, I, I issue a challenge, or some university, let's say a university issues a challenge to two teams of young, you know, people that want to get into colleges or something. They want to uh, they're, they're wanting to further their education. They want to get, in, get into college. But some university offers them a challenge and says, I'm going to give you each the uh, challenge of producing the most apples in a, in a certain period of time. Yeah. And uh, 
and then we're going to, whoever wins is going to get scholarships to our university. And so let's say they say, uh, one team says, well, okay, so uh, can we have access to your lab? We've got this state-of-the-art lab over here. It's got all the latest scientific equipment, and uh, we're going to go into that lab and figure out how to produce apples. Okay, you can have the lab. Then team, the second team, Johnny Appleseed team, (laughs) they say, okay, 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 you want apples? Yeah. And this is the period of time? Okay. Uh, and the first thing they do is they go get apple seeds. Yeah. 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 So they start planting apple seeds. They start, they get on Google and they figure out within 30 minutes, they know how much sunlight it needs every day. They know how much water it needs every day. They know how, what kind of bugs and pests they need to watch out for that likes apple trees. And uh, what kind of fungus grows on apple trees. And what kind of critters likes it. And, uh, and what kind of, you know, and what to do to produce apples. And I'm telling you, in 30 minutes, they got that thing in the ground and they're on their way. But then this other team over here, they're in the lab trying to chemically produce apples. I mean, they're trying to produce, they're studying the meat of an apple and they're trying to figure out what the components of that is. And we're going to produce this in a lab. We're going to produce apples. Guess which team's going to win? Because there's only one source of apples. I said, there's only one source, one source. There, there, is no, there is no possibility of you creating an apple unless you use seed, unless you use apple seed. There are things that are impossible in your life that you can study and try to figure it out. You will never produce unless you get the seed for that to be produced in your life. Hallelujah. I said, I don't know how you can sit there like that. That's, see, that's what Jesus is saying here. There are some things that are impossible for you to produce in your own unless you get the seed that will produce that. And that's what the Word of God is. This is seed. This is not your Bible. This is your seed bin. You know, that's what people like to do. They cut those statements out. This is not your Bible. I'm not saying it's not your Bible. Hey, yes, sir. But you know what I am yes, saying. Come on. <clears throat> Don't just look at it as a Bible. Look at it as seed yes. and look at your heart as the soil. Yes. Yes. Come on. Yeah. Come you want to produce everything in God's word produces after its own kind. Yes, Praise God. There is, no, there is no healing without healing seed. I, you know, I, I was preaching at a denominational church one time and they said, yeah, I hear about you talking about healing and everything. You see, I, I give them testimonies of a lot of healings and things like that. And they say, well, we never have that much in our church. This one ministry said, we never have that much. And I said, well, well, here's the thing. I said, if you want it, you have to preach it. Yeah, yeah there you go. Yeah. And not preach sometimes the answer is yes, sometimes it's no. Right. You got to preach what the word says. Yes, what the word says. That has to be planted in the hearts and the minds of yes. the people. Yes. And said, no wonder, I said, you know, corn, I'm not growing any corn on, on our land this year because I didn't plant any corn. But there's farmers all around me growing corn because why? They planted corn. I know this isn't deep, but it's, yet it is profound. Uh, and that's the way it is. If, some, if one doesn't produce, it's because they didn't plant the seed or they didn't steward the seed. Because the production, you have a production center right on the inside of you. You can produce all kinds of things. You can produce things that God didn't intend for you to produce, or you can produce things God intended for yes, you to produce. Yes, yes. You can let the seed of offense get in your heart and start producing all kinds of problems. Yeah. 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 Amen. So anyway, um, you have a production center. Um, we were laughing at Brother Juan. I think he's on, yeah, he's on camera today. Uh, on yesterday, I believe it was, or two days ago, whatever it was, we were talking about he, he, when he was a kid, he went out by his house in, down in Mexico and he, he started, I don't know, he saw something, oh, he saw the Johnny Appleseed thing. Was that a cartoon or something? And, and he said, I'm going to see if that works. And he started eating his fruit and then going out by the house and planting it. Planting the seed, I mean. Eating the fruit and planting the seed. Yeah. Peaches and different, different plums and different things. And so he said, now down there in Mexico, all the places he did that, uh, these people have all their trees. <laughs> he said, I learned that from Johnny Appleseed as a kid. I said, well, I said, now we don't have Johnny Appleseed. Now we got Wani Appleseed. 
you need to say, just call me Wani Appleseed. What am I doing? I'm planting seeds, planting seeds, planting seeds, planting seeds. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Somebody said, I don't know why we had that other baby. Hey, you planted the seed. <laughs> Just, it's funny how that works. All right. Hallelujah. That first team in the lab trying to produce apples will never get it done. That second seed is going to feed the world, the whole world apples if they keep it up. Glory. I said glory. Where did those apples come from? They came from a seed. You need to have such miracles in your life that people can't figure out where that came from. Your life, it should be a phenomenon. It should be an anomaly. Spirit of Faith Family Church, Spirit of Faith Family Anomaly Church. Come on now. What is up with them? Everything they put their hand to prospers. They're the healthiest bunch in the whole city. That's right. Boy, you go to Spirit of Faith Family Church on seven medications and you'll be off of them within six months. Come on now. Come on. Planting seed. Planting seed. Planting seed. Watering the seed. Stewarding the seed. How do you water the seed? Praise you, Lord. Glory to God. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. And so really, God's plan for you and I as a believer is that things be produced in, the, in a different way than the world. Yes. Yes. Just a totally different way. Yes. Your life and my life is not supposed yeah. to be natural. That's yeah. right. That's right. I mean, it's not that it's, we don't live naturally, but it's not supposed to be just natural. Yes. Yes. Amen. It, it's, the, it's supposed to be a phenomenon. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Absolutely. Hallelujah. People can't figure it out. That's what, a, that's what signs and wonders are. They make people wonder. I wonder how that happened. I planted a seed no one else was planting. <laughs> Amen. Your family. Your, listen to me. Your, listen to me. Your family ought to, you know, because they know where you grew up. They know all about you. They need to believe, they need to see something that makes them go, we know where you came from. What is up with you? Amen. Let them, let them, whatever. Fuss and spit out their false teeth, whatever they want to do. Just walk in love with them and keep shining the light of being a doer of the word. Amen. Hallelujah. And they're going to say, where did that come from? Where'd you get that? You know, the blessings of God ought to be so great in your life that they wonder, is he robbing the bank? What's he doing? Come on. Come on. That's Amen. Right. That's what a, win, a wonder is. Yeah. It makes yeah. people wonder. Car- Carnal-minded people will go to the flesh. See, yeah. na- naturally-minded people cannot figure out supernatural things. That's, right. That's why it's called supernatural. That's right. It's above natural. We're planting supernatural seed. Super. Above natural seed. Above intellect, above our education, above the economy, above what the, what the world says is possible, above what the economy of Iowa can produce. Praise God. Debt busting, mortgage paying off, blessings. Where did that come from? It came from a seed. Matthew 13, 20, that's Matthew's account of the parable of the sower. But he says, uh, one ground receives seed. How did that, where'd that come from? It came from the seed I received and I kept watering it. And I kept the weeds off of it. And when offense tried to, when the the little buzz, the little bugs of offense tried to get on there and start chewing my fruit, I got it off of there. Amen. I'm telling you, I'm getting excited. I don't know about you, but 
so Mark 4, if you look at Mark 4, the parable of the sower, uh, that's, the, that's the parable that talks about this. And he says, so is the kingdom of God. Remember the disciples, he gave the parable in verses 1 through uh, 9. And then the disciples... The 12 asked him of the parable in verse 10. This is Mark 4. Verse 11, they, and he said unto them, It's given unto you to know the mystery, singular, of the kingdom of God. But unto them that, are within, them that are without, all these things are done in parables. So he says, this is the mystery. Let's put it this way. The secret. Yes. Yes. This is the secret yes. of the kingdom of God. Yes. Oh, my goodness. I got the secret. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Yes. What's your secret? Come, on. Psst, come here. It's the Bible. Yeah. Not just on your coffee table, right. but the Bible yeah. in, your, in your heart. I'm fine with people putting the Bible scriptures on the bumper stickers, on the refrigerator, wherever. Put it, put, I, that's fine. But don't do all that and forget to put it right here. <laughs> this is where the production center is. Your bumper is not your production center. Amen. Amen. I'm not preaching against putting stickers on the bumper. I'm, I'm, go for it. Do it. Put it all over the back of your window. Do whatever you want to do. So, um, but the, the word of God gets planted into the heart. And he said, uh, he said, the, this is the mystery of the whole kingdom. This is how the whole kingdom of God works. This is how the kingdom is God's realm of domain. Yes. This is how you bring the kingdom into every part of your life. This is how the reign of God yes. that reigns through you gets into every part of your life. Yes. Yes. Amen. Amen. Getting that seed of that, that word, that truth into your heart. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. And so uh, then he said, again, here in Mark's account, he's talking about the seed and he talks about bringing forth. Amen. Down there in verse, I'm, I'm trying to find the verse. It's one of those verses. Uh, bring forth in verse number 20. These are they which are sowed on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit. So there's a production center. The heart is the production center. Amen. Now, if God is going to, if he wants you to be fruitful, he's got to give you seed. It wouldn't be fair for God to say, go produce fruit. Go produce successful prayer that, 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 that prays for people and gets results. Go produce uh, fruit that, because that's the, that's the fruit actually there. People read John 15, they talk about uh, fruit, you know. I am the vine, you are the branches. Here is my Father glorified, you bear much fruit. And they think of the fruit of the Spirit. And that is certainly one fruit. Uh, but yet, on the other hand, in the context, he's talking about prayer, yes. getting answers to prayer, yes. prayer fruit. Yes. In other words, it's not a prayer. You just pray and you never get any answers. Right. It's praying and bearing fruit, getting results. Yeah. Results are fruit. Yeah. Results from the word is fruit. Yeah. Amen. Yes. Amen. Yes. So, of course, the fruit of the spirit is also fruit. But Jesus plainly said right there in Matthew 12 that miracles were results from an inward production center. Where did you get that? It came out of the inside of me. Came out of my spirit. Came from the word of God into my spirit by God speaking to me. And it came from my spirit out my mouth and through the atmosphere and into the situation and changed it. And it wasn't natural. Hallelujah. Well, how did God do that through you? He did it through you by giving you seed. Yes. Jesus did many miracles and he said, this is the way I'm doing him. I just do what I see my father do and I just say what I hear my father say. So when he said, go show your, those blind men, uh, I mean, excuse me, the lepers, go show yourself to the priest. Where'd that come from? That came from a word from God. God said to him, tell them to go show themselves to the priest. Yes. That wasn't a medical doctor trying to figure out the disease and treating. We're, we're for that. Fine. Good. Good. But there's a lot of things they can't do. A lot of them good people. They're just working on a natural level, on a human level, and they're limited. But I'm talking about something super. Super. Natural. <laughs> Hallelujah. God, you need God's super on your natural. <laughs> 
This is how you get God. See, this is supernatural seed. This didn't come from a man. This came from the realm of God. This came by the, from the mouth of God. And, and the, the, his wonders come out of this. This is what produces those life-changing, transforming miracles, changing lives and, and changing bodies and change, people's lives that were going to be cut short because of sickness and disease. They end up living out their whole life and bearing fruit for the kingdom of God. How did that happen? The doctor said there was no way. It happened through seed. Not a natural seed, but supernatural seed. Praise be to God. If we believed that, we would be turning a lot of stuff out and spending a lot more time in this. Because it doesn't grow in the seed bin. This is the seed bin. Doesn't grow on your coffee. You notice you can't put seed on your coffee table and it'll grow? Put corn out. Just lay some corn seed out there. Lay, lay some. They say rye will grow anywhere. Almost anywhere. But you put it on your coffee table, it won't grow. You got to get it in the soil. Hallelujah. I'm just working it. Just working it. Just working it this morning. All right. So, um, so this is how you cooperate with God. Say it out loud. This is how I cooperate with God. Amen. God's supernatural miracles come out of this. In fact, this is the way you're even born again. You remember 1 Peter chapter number, uh, is it chapter number 3? I'm going to go back there and find it. Um, it's verse number, well, it's on the right page, right column. Let's see if I can find it here. 1 Peter 1, 23. Being born again, not of incorruptible seed, but of, uh, excuse me, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Mm -hmm. Notice that's how you got saved. Born again is another word for saved. Born again by incorruptible seed. You could not change your nature. You could try to be a little more cultured and try not to cuss in front of grandma. You know what I'm talking about? You know, <laughs> but that nature's still there. Every now and then it'll slip out. Oh, I'm sorry, Grandma. Oh, I'm sorry. That nature's still there, right? Somebody said, "Are you? Do you ever cuss?" I, I cuss all I want. I just don't want to anymore. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Did you get it? My nature has been changed. Now, not my flesh, but my spiritual man, exactly. my spirit man. Yes, yes, yes. He, I mean, my mouth won't say things sometimes that's, whoa, horsey. My, my spirit's in there pulling the reins back. So, but he said, being born again. But see, when you got born again, you got a new nature. Remember old things, being Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. So that new nature came from God and, and you're born again. How did God get that new nature in you? By an incorruptible seed yes. that lives and abides forever. Amen. Oh, I wish I had time for that because I got some other things I had in my heart here. But there's a whole lot there. Just know this. If it's incorruptible, the natural world can't change it. Amen. Somebody said that's not possible. And the natural world's going to turn that back to the way it was. Not if it's being Listen to me. Getting a miracle is one thing, but upholding it is another thing. Sustaining it is another thing. If, what, if the way it came was through an incorruptible seed, and you keep watching over that seed, what brought it will sustain it. You can have sustained miracles. I'm thinking of somebody right now. I won't point them out, but they, they were told years ago, I'm trying to remember what the disease was, but it's one of those crippling things, that, that's the, that, that they would be going that way. And that's been years ago. And the Word of God has sustained them ever since. That's probably 25 or more years ago. Hallelujah. What was impossible became, became, was brought into their life by planting an incorruptible seed. Not, not some natural thing, Incor something that cannot be corrupted by the natural world. And when corruption hits incorruption, incorruption will dominate. Well, I got to keep moving here because we're, 
we're quickly running out of time. All right, so let's go over to, um, let's see here. Oh, let's see here. Okay, let's, let's back up to, uh, go to James chapter number three. Uh, while you're going to James three, let me talk about something that God said to Joseph. He gave him a dream. Uh, Pastor uh, Bill Winston was it, talking about this out there in California. Joseph gave, uh, God gave Joseph a dream. Remember the shocks of wheat bowing down to him and then another dream the next night or whatever it was uh, of the sun and the moon bowing down to him. That was a, a prophetic dream, a word from God saying your family, your, your brothers and sisters, uh, and then your mother and your father are going to bow down. In other words, you're going to be a ruler. And his mistake was, listen to me on this, his mistake was telling them. There's some things you just don't tell everybody. Because they'll be, get so happy, they'll want to uh, sell you into slavery, you know. That's what they did to Joseph. Remember they took that coat, you know, his father gave him a pretty coat, dipped it in blood, and then an animal's blood, and then said, you know, daddy, an animal got him. But he really was sold into slavery. They made money off of him. They were so happy about yeah, the dream. So, so, but, uh, so he's, he's, uh, he's had this dream. Now, that's a word from God. Yes, yes. Pastor Bill Winston's talking about this. That was, a, that was a seed planted in him concerning his destiny. Every one of you in this building has a destiny. And it's glorious. It's not, it's not, well, you know, I'm good at whatever, so that's my destiny. No, it's this something super natural. Something beyond what you can do. Something, something, Joseph could never do what he did without God's power working in his life to bring him into that place of rulership. Anyway, so, but here's something that uh, brother uh, Bill Winston was saying. This, this call on his life, his, his family wasn't necessarily excited about it. Um, but how many of you know uh, that God didn't speak to them? He spoke to Joseph. There are things that people are like, well, I'm not sure about my life. Same thing about your life. But see, God didn't speak to them. He spoke to you. They can't have faith for it because they didn't hear it. You heard it. You know it. (laughs) Glory to God. So you can have faith for it and God will bring it to pass. You mix your faith with it. Anyway, so, but here's the thing Bill Winston said. God had to, because of that, his family was in disagreement and so forth. They didn't believe it. Um, He said, God brought Joseph out of that atmosphere of strife because it's very difficult to bring forth a dream in that setting. Strife against the call, in other words. Strife against his destiny. You know, jealousy was a big part of it. And, you know, they, you know, he's the younger brother. He's the favorite. You know, you're the favorite. There was, there was competition there, you know. So, but that attitude of strife meant that God had to bring him out of that atmosphere. Because you cannot very easily, like he said here, bring forth that kind of a destiny in that kind of setting. A strife setting. Are you out there? Because that seed comes into the womb of your spirit. Yes. Yes. Your spirit is your womb. That's yes. Right. Yes. Spiritually. I'm yes. not talking about men having natural wombs. That's right. weirdness. Yeah. That yeah. Today they're getting really stupid. Yeah. I mean, you need help being like that. Yes. Yes. I'm being kind about it. But, but I'm talking about every man is a spirit person, a spirit being. Man and woman are spirit. And God can put his seed in the, into your spirit by speaking a word to you. And if that's properly watered and is not, is not uh, somehow, something doesn't get in there to, to mess that up. Then that will bring forth and, and produce just like God said. It'll all come to pass. Your spirit is your womb. See, Mary didn't conceive natural seed. She conceived in the womb of her spirit. And it, and it turned into flesh. The word was made flesh. It first went into her heart and then it became flesh in her womb. Because it was, she was producing a physical child. But you're going to produce a dream 
or something God spoke to you, his yes. plan for your life, yes. and, and that went into your spirit. If you yes. will steward that yes. and do like Mary and ponder all these things in her heart and worship God for yes. it and stay in faith, yes. it will come to pass. It doesn't matter if you live in Iowa. It will come to pass. But you do have to guard it against strife. And I was prompted to talk about that a little bit if we go any further. I mean, as we go a little further. Is that all right? Can you give me a few more minutes? Yes, Hallelujah. Now, James, I told you to go to James 3, right? Did you find James 3? Look at verse number 14. Uh, you turned there, I didn't. Let me, let me find James 3. Look at verse number 14. He said, uh, well, let's go back up to verse, yeah, verse 14. If you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom, circle that word wisdom. See, the world has wisdom. Descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. Sensually, sensual means fleshly. So you've got the, the world, the flesh, and the devil that have wisdom. Okay? But it's not God's wisdom. All right, so where, verse 16. Where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. This wisdom descends not from above, but is, excuse me, this wisdom, excuse me, the, the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy, good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness shall, uh, is sown in peace of them that make peace. Wow. I don't have the time to get into this like I should, but the Lord spoke to me when I was in Paducah about the issue of strife. And he said, there's some things that people will never get into. Let me just read it like he said it here. That he said to me, that unity and walking in love is the only way you're going to get into certain things that I have spoken to you about. Are you still glad you came this morning? Uh, notice he said strife is worldly, it's fleshly, and it's devilish. Right? It's the carnal nature. It opens the door to the devil. Where envy and strife is, there's confusion in every evil work. So the, the, the uh, wisdom, notice he brings up wisdom. This wisdom descends not from above. There is a wisdom of the flesh. That's, that's always fussing and fussing and fussing. See, there's a wisdom that says, I got to get my way. Or I got to be right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. If you knew what you're shutting down, if you knew what you're doing to the seed that God put in your spirit by, by entering into strife, you would run from it. You, you would even let people walk over you if, if necessary to stay out of strife. Now we're going to see if we really are word people today. Seeking unity, in other words, is wisdom. Being somebody that is opinionated and always has to be right or has the habit of always having a rebuttal. You're, you're making your womb sterile. You're, you're really taking the, the environment that that seed needs to produce and you're contaminating it, and you're going to have a miscarriage. You know what I mean by that? Because when God spoke to you, it went into your spirit. That's your womb. And, but, but if other things get in there like strife, it'll create a miscarriage. And people wonder, why is this never coming to pass? It's because you, you miscarried a long time ago. Y'all still glad you came this, this morning? God really dealt with me about this. So if you want to walk in, in days of heaven on earth, it comes through walking in the wisdom of heaven. Notice he said, this wisdom, this, this strife and fussing and things, this doesn't descend from above. It's not from heaven. It's worldly. It's fleshly. It's sensual. It's devilish. But uh, the wisdom, verse 17, the wisdom that comes from above, that's from heaven, from God. <clears throat> there is a a natural tendency to want to fuss because I know I'm right. Except you can get your way, but yet never produce what God intended you to produce. Your life never become what God intended it to be. 
Praise the Lord. Just look at the clock and say, he can't be going much longer. I'm telling you what. This is... <laughs> Praise God. So learn to not let the irritations and antagonism of the flesh dominate you. There are things that every one of us, we we all have flesh. We have the nature of God in our spirit, but our flesh has a nature. And there are things that irritate every single one of us. There's always, well, (laughs) and the devil will find those areas. I don't have time to go into it, but Psalm 27, what is it, 11? I'd have to look it up. But it says there are certain evil spirits that are assigned just to watch you. What are they watching for? They're looking for an advantage. They're looking for a way in. And when they find what really irritates you and gets you in the flesh, they just found an advantage. So they will, they will set up scenarios to just keep pushing that button, just, just sending that person along to say that, which, which really irritates you. <laughs> and whenever you react to it, uh, <clears throat> you actually open the door and it shuts down the, to the enemy and it shuts down what was growing inside of you. Amen. Amen. Not, not that we want it, but that, that is the truth of it. So uh, don't let uh, it, you know, this antagonisms and things that irritate you, don't let those things ruin uh, your your uh, faith or cause you to lose the vision for what God's spoken to you about. Remember Mark 11 talks about, you know, whenever you pray, believe you receive and verse 20, 25. And when you stand praying, forgive. Unforgiveness is like, you know, something getting in there that causes the baby to be lost. You know what I'm talking about? So learn to keep your words sweet. Learn gentleness. Go over to 1 Peter chapter number 3. We're going we're to wrap this up. We're not going much longer. It's Father's Day. Praise the Lord. I'm telling you people that are real word people, they love the whole Bible. This is in 1 Peter 3. It talks about verses 8 through uh, really, I guess, verse 11. But finally be all of one mind. Look at that. Be you all of one mind. Look to be in as much unity. See, one, oneness of mind is speaking of unity. Now, there's some things that we cannot be one in mind with. But usually in your own home, I mean, your family say they're walking with God. You know, maybe there's, there's exceptions we understand, but uh, that where people are endeavoring to walk with God. There's some things that are not that important to fuss about. It's just not worth it. Just, just be, be one. maybe it's not what you prefer. But notice he said that we should, well, it doesn't use the, verse, the word here in verse 8, but it does say it down here in verse number uh, 11. Let him eschew evil and do good and seek peace and ensue or pursue it. Go after peace. Go after unity. Well, maybe I didn't want to do that. Or maybe I didn't. Well, don't be always fussing about it. You know, things about politics. Just, just, okay, well, that's what you believe. But don't let the enemy use that to divide your home. Or there's a lot of other things. Everybody say, he's almost done. But that's, that term there in verse number 11, seek peace. Uh, that, just, that just goes all over me. Uh, that just says to me, seek unity. Seek, verse number eight, seek to be oneness, uh, have oneness of mind. Love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous. Not rendering evil for evil, railing for railing. See, that's just fussing back and forth. Or contrary wise, blessing, knowing you're there from two called, you should inherit a blessing. He that would love life and see good days, uh, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips, they speak no guile. In other words, if you, got, if you plant the seed for a good life and long, healthy days... Don't let strife get in there and destroy that seed. That's what he's talking about. And so, amen. Tell your neighbor, that's good preaching anyhow. Just write down Psalm 133. It's just three, three verses in that chapter. And look at the blessing that's on unity. I mean, unity is the, I mean, uh, uh, 
a place where there's no strife, but people walking in love with one another, forgiving one another, seeking, to, seeking whatever I can do to be in peace with you. Maybe there's a lot of things I don't agree with you on, but let's, let's talk about the things that help our fellowship, not hinder our fellowship. Amen. And so uh, he said there, that's the atmosphere at, in Psalm 133. That's the atmosphere that the blessing is able to fully function in your life. Isn't that, isn't that important? Hallelujah. All right. So um, don't be a strifer. Dr. Dufresne said, don't be a strifer. <laughs> Pastor friend of mine was telling somebody this week about, Pastor Jay said this and said this about me. He was just kidding. Yeah. I said, don't be a strifer. <laughs> You're causing strife. Don't be a strifer. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But there are some people that, you know, whenever they spread rumors about people or they talk about people's faults and failures and where they missed it. Yeah. You're causing division in our company. Let the ones who are there assigned to restore those ones, let them handle it. Don't spread it about, yeah, she's pregnant. Well, probably eventually everybody will tell that, but why are you just gossiping and spreading? There are things that have happened in this church that if I told everybody, go, really? But I ain't telling it. I'm not talking about Pastor Debbie did it. I'm not talking about me did it. <laughs> I'm talking about stuff. Yes, yes. Come on. Well, if you don't know, everybody still thinks they're, they're growing, you know, those shoulder blades are angel wings, you know. Besides, it's under the blood. That's right. That's right. Well, hallelujah. Unity. Praise the Lord. Some people get focused on their way of thinking, their way of thinking, or being right and always pushing it. When these verses are telling you to focus on things that unite us and divide us. You know, I could get up here and talk about politics every service and create division in this congregation. I could get up here and talk about whatever. You're supposed to take, you, you need to take this vitamin or something like that and create division. and. Put, that's not what we're uniting around. Right. We're uniting a, around one common vision to be, be, to be carrying out the commission that God's given us. We should be speaking things that create unity. Amen. It's not wisdom to tear apart your home or a relationship by insisting on things that divide it. I, I, I know I've watched women... I believe their reward is great in heaven because their husband was a jerk. I didn't say it. She said it. I'm just repeating what she said. <laughs> it's the truth. It's the truth. It can, it can go both ways. But, um, but they, I'm not telling people what to do. Whatever God tells you to do, do it. Live with them. Don't live with you. That's, that, but they have walked in love with that man. And because of that wife's love, maybe by the end of his life, he came to Christ. But her life was hell. You know what I'm talking about? I'm not telling people what to do. I'm just simply, I'm talking about stories that I know of. It's like, that's a, that reward is great. Because they just wouldn't fuss. They just wanted to be loving and walk in as much unity as they could. Well, do you understand what I'm talking about? And so focusing on what you think about certain things keeps the door open for the devil to bring disunity. Your opinion really doesn't matter about a lot of things. Did you know that? When Pastor Nancy's making her decisions, doing what she do, my opinion really doesn't matter. Right. It's not my place. It's just like my place is to be in unity. God called me to connect there. My place is to be in unity. God told you that. We're in. We're in. Right? There the Lord commanded the blessing. There every seed of God's word will bring forth the fullness. When she connected with Brother Copeland, I had never had much of a connection with Brother Copeland. 
But the Lord said to me, he said, listen to this. Are you still, are you still yes. glad you came? Yes. I've been preaching long lately. It's good. It's good. But he said to me, because I never had much of a connection with Brother Copeland. Always, I'd see him on TV and get blessed, but you know what I mean. Um, but the Lord said, <clears throat> excuse me, said to me, he said, honor her connection with him. And he said, what you need from him will come through her. And then he said this, he actually said this first, but I, it makes more sense to say that other part first. Then he said this, he said, honor her connection with him, and that'll be one of the reasons you don't struggle financially. In other words, my, the, the seed that God has planted in my heart won't, won't germinate and grow and flourish like it should in strife with my divine connection. Does that make any sense? Do the same thing in your home. Just zip it. There's just times to zip it. Right? Are you glad you came this morning? But some people get focused on uh, being right or certain things that, that they keep pushing. And it keeps the door open for the devil to bring disunity. Well, I know I'm right. Yeah, but do you know what you're doing to your seed? Do you know what you're doing to your seed? It's not wisdom to tear apart your home or a relationship by insisting on things that divide it. Amen. Break the bad spiritual habit of always having a rebuttal, always being argumentative and taking the other side. <laughs> I've seen people that, even if they don't quite agree with the other side, they take the other side. Well, 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 you know. It's a bad habit. And if they knew what it was, what it was doing to their seed, to, the, to what God was trying to do in their life, they would shut it down right away. Amen. Being focused on being always right. I'm just saying what the Lord said. You know, this isn't, you know, don't, don't blame me for this. This is just <laughs> being focused on what, uh, being focused on being right or getting your way shows you don't value unity as highly as you should. And you don't value what's attached to it. We just, we've been talking about what's attached to it. Right? Disunity and strife has something attached to it as well. James... Three, where envying and strife is, there's confusion and every evil work. And you could add from First Peter, no production of seed. Did you get anything out of the word this morning? Hallelujah. Well, you know, let's just look at ourselves about some of these things. Hallelujah. If you saw how much some of these things are opening the door to the devil to rob you, you'd just zip your lip. You'd just zip. And the flesh is gone. Yeah, but you don't agree with that. You, yeah, but I want my seed to grow. I want my seed to grow. Amen. Let's stand together. You've been patient. Thank you. I went long today. <clears throat> Some of the other churches have already gone to the restaurant, so you'll, you'll, you'll get there after them. <laughs> you just wait. You could either listen to the word for a few more minutes or wait in line at the restaurant, right? <laughs> Hallelujah. <clears throat> Cain brought an offering to the Lord other than what the Lord asked for. And um, the Bible said God had respect for Abel and to his offering, but to Cain and his offering, he didn't have respect. And the Bible said Cain's countenance fell. And the Bible said God came and said, why, why are you looking all sad? And the Amplified says something like sad and dejected. If you do right, won't you be accepted? Then he said this, he said, this is in the fourth chapter of Genesis. He said, sin lieth at your door, it croucheth at your door. It, it wants to, it wants you, it's after you. And then he said this, you must master it. Lord, take this strife out of my home. No, you master it. You master it. Master it. What does that mean? Develop the love walk. Develop the habit of being in unity. And, 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 and if somebody's being antagonistic, you develop the habit of, of, of bringing things that unite you. And I, you just watch the blessings of God. You just watch seed producing. Amen. Say, say it out loud. I must master strife. Not become good at it. That means become good at not letting it dominate you. Master it means don't let it dominate you. 
Don't let your words create strife. Make your words. Somebody said to me this week, they said, because we had a lot of fun picking on each other, some of us. And there was things that were kind of jabbing at each other, you know. Some of us ministers, not Pastor Nancy, but. Um, <laughs> but anyway, somebody said something to me about, well, Pastor Jay's nice. I thought, well, that's a compliment. In other words, I wasn't always. I have fun, but I try not to do it at other people's expense. <laughs> Amen. I'm mastering my attitudes. I'm mastering. Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, say, I am a master of everything that tries to destroy the seed of God's word in my life. Ha, ha, ha. I'm going to the highest level of producing after God's seed of what he said to me that is possible. I'm going for the full potential, the maximum results possible. And to do that, I'm walking in love. Hallelujah. There's the little bow on the top as we close the service right there. <laughs> Hallelujah.